Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, a lot of good information, also some special guests. Pastor Rick Stevens, he's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Les Government. And Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, we talking about some of the local things going on and his opinions on what's happening nationally as well. It is May the 18th, and on this day in 1860, Abraham Lincoln, a one-time U.S. representative from Illinois, was nominated for the U.S. presidency by the Republican National Convention. Meeting in Chicago, Illinois, Hannibal Hamlin of Maine was nominated for the vice presidency. Lincoln was, of course, a Kentucky-born lawyer and former Whig representative in Congress. He gained national uh, stature during his campaign uh, against Democrat Senator Stephen Douglas of Illinois for a U.S. Senate seat in 1858. The senatorial campaign featured a remarkable series of public encounters on the slavery issue, known as the Lincoln-Douglas debates, in which Lincoln argued against the spread of slavery while Douglas maintained that each territory should have the right to decide whether it would become a free or slave state. Lincoln lost the Senate race, but his campaign brought national attention to the young Republican Party. In 1860, Lincoln won the party's presidential nomination. In the November election, Lincoln again faced Douglas, who represented the northern faction of a heavily divided Democrat party, as well as the southern Democrat John C. Breckinridge and the Constitutional Union candidate John Bell. On November the 6th, 1860, Lincoln defeated his opponents with only 40% of the popular vote, becoming the first Republican to win the presidency. The announcement of Lincoln's uh, victory signaled the secession of southern states, which since the beginning of their year had been publicly threatening to secede if uh, Republicans uh, gained the White House. By the time Lincoln's inauguration of March the 4th, 1861, seven states had seceded, and the Confederate States of America had been formally established with Jefferson Davis as its elected president. One month later, the American Civil War began with the Confederate forces under General P.G.T. Beauregard opened fire on Union-held Fort Sumter in South Carolina, the beginning of the Civil War. Interesting story about uh, how many times did he lose? I've forgotten. He lost, uh, Lincoln lost several races for uh, public office before he became uh, President of the United States. Well, the White House has nominated a Pfizer-led doctor to become the next director of the National Institutes of Health. In a statement released by the White House, President Biden declared Dr. Monica Bergatoli, a world-class physician scientist whose vision and leadership will ensure NIH continues to be an engine of innovation to improve the health of American people. The NIH is currently led by Lawrence Tabak, uh, Bill Gates' stooge. <laughs> who replaced the longtime NIH chief, Francis Collins. Collins resigned after an email surfaced that he and Anthony Fauci, among others, coordinated with the influential figures to silence doctors and scientists who posed the COVID hysteria narratives. 
Uh, Dr. Bergen Tolley has received a stunning $290 million in research funding from Pfizer. Anthony Fauci remains on salary at the NIH. As a taxpayer-funded U.S. Marshal security detail, told the Washington Post that he personally advocated for her selection as the next NIH director. Bertignoli has also received $17.4 million in grant funding from uh, Janssen Research and Development, a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson. Uh, the revolving door strikes again, now more than in your face than ever before. Uh, this is a, a disappointment, in my opinion, because, again, it just shows big Pfizer's call it, or big pharma is calling the shots when it comes to public health and what's happening with the CDC as well as uh, NIH. <clears throat> somehow, some way, there has to be uh, some sort of a separation between big pharma and the interests that guide uh, our public health decisions. Well, the National Health uh, Institute of Health has removed China's Wuhan Institute of Virology, the facility long suspected of being the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic, from the labs where U.S. money can be used to fund testing on animals, according to a new update to the agency's funding list, the Wuhan laboratory, along with other all-Russian labs, were removed from the NIH list. Justin Goodman, the senior vice president for the advocacy of the White Coat Waste Project, a watchdog group that has been pushed to expose the money funding the lab, called the move a decisive victory in the war on waste. Uh, taxpayers should shouldn't be forced to fund a foreign laboratory run by an adversarial nation that wasted money, tortured animals, and engineered super viruses in dangerous gain-of-function experiments that have violated the law and likely caused COVID, Cooper said. The NIH Office of La Laboratory Animal Welfare maintains the list of animal testing labs that have been approved and oversees animal testing that is done for the nation's public health service agencies, including the NIH, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the Food and Drug Administration. The Wuhan Institute received approximately $600,000 in NIH funding through a grant that was awarded to Echo Health for research on bat coronaviruses. The money was exposed in 2020 by the White Coat Waste Project and Ernst, uh, with that would be Senator Ernst, with the senator pushing for an inspector general to review in the following year. So that's the funding. Uh, uh, we'll be not funding uh, the Wuhan lab, which is uh, fortunate. Well, yesterday, Governor Greg Gianforte, who's a Republican, signed a bill banning TikTok from operating in the state. Uh, for years, the app, known by Beijing-based company ByteDance, has been the hot seat amid national security concerns, especially since TikTok has more than a billion users. Uh, can you imagine that? A billion users, including uh, that of 150 Americans, 150 million Americans, I should say. Local lawmakers, Congress, and White House fear that TikTok could hand over user data to the Chinese government and in turn manipulate content to the U.S. Uh, ByteDance has repeatedly said it never provided any data to the Chinese government. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Uh, still, at least 25 states and all federal agencies have banned TikTok from government-issued devices. Now Montana is taking the ban further. Uh, starting in January 1st, the state's new law would uh, ban TikTok in all capacities, meaning Montana would prohibit app stores like Google and Apple from making TikTok available to download on the, in the state. 
the app and app stores could face a fine of $10,000 a day if they violate the law. Individual users wouldn't face any fines, but the state said it plans to put hurdles in place to make more difficult to download TikTok. However, experts say are still questioning how Montana plans to enforce the ban. Montana's new law says that it's this is one way the ban can be avoided if ByteDance sells the app to another country and that the U.S. does not consider as a foreign adversary something that is unlikely to happen. In a statement, TikTok spokesperson said the measure infringes on the First Amendment rights of the people of Montana and that it would defend the rights of our users. The ACLU also said the law violates free speech. Google and Apple have not commented. Meanwhile, experts predict the law will be challenged in court, and certainly it will. This is a real conundrum. National security, uh, the tension between national security and uh, protecting Americans, and uh, free speech. Uh, In my opinion, uh, this is the wrong approach to uh, solve the problem. I realize the problem is there, and I'm not sure I have an answer, but to somehow limit free speech, I don't think it violates just a critical underpinning of the uh, U.S. society. TikTok has become come to the rescue during the pandemic, pandemic boredom, work commutes, and uh, doom schooling while uh, wait, waiting at the doctor's office. However, lawmakers are less focused on Emily Mariko's undercooked looking pumpkin pie and more focused on national security implications. Now it looks like Montana is tired of waiting and doing things its way. <clears throat> this will certainly be challenged in court, and it should be, in my opinion, but there's got to be a better way to protect our national security interests than banning the use of uh, TikTok. <clears throat> Well, yesterday, a spokesperson for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle said that they were in a near-catastrophic car chase with the paparazzi. On Tuesday night, the couple and Markle's mother were leaving an award ceremony in New York City when paparazzi followed them. The couple's team uh, said a relentless pursuit lasting over two hours resulted in multiple near-collisions involving drivers. The New York Police Department confirmed that police helped the couple's security team amid their challenging travel. However, authorities didn't call it a chase. Neither did the taxi driver, who briefly helped the family. Police said there were no crashes, injuries, or arrests. The incident has been put a spotlight on the couple's strained relationship with the paparazzi and media. Prince Harry has blamed the paparazzi for planning, playing a role in the car crash that killed his mother, uh, Princess Diana. Well, so perhaps, in my mind, I can only imagine that perhaps there was some sort of an incident with uh, photographers or something after the event, uh, but it probably it didn't last two hours, and it didn't involve a big chase. So perhaps this whole story has become amplified. Uh, just, I think, more evidence that this couple is looking to draw attention to themselves, and a uh, pretty needy couple, in my opinion. Well, the uh, federal judge who blocked President Joe Biden's immigration plan to release some immigrants into the United States on parole on Tuesday rebuked the Department of Homeland Security for releasing 2,567 illegal immigrants after he issued the order and demanded that the department track where the migrants went. It was uh, the court's expectation and intention that no aliens would be released under the authority of the parole with conditions policy after the temporary restraining order went into effect because, in the court's mind, the policy is still being implemented when the alien is released from custody, irrespective of when the alien's processing was fully completed, he said in the ruling. 
U.S. Uh, District Judge T. Kent Weatherall uh, last week blocked the f- federal government from releasing some asylum seekers under Biden's post-Title 42 plans. U.S. officials earlier this week said the number of migrants encountered at the border uh, fell 50% during the last three days compared to the days leading up to the event or a key pandemic-era regulation. But a high number of migrants are still in custody, although the number has fallen significantly since last week, said Blas Nuno Neto, Assistant Secretary for Border and Immigration Policy at the Department of Homeland Security. The ability of uh, U.S. Border Patrol to hold migrants has been a key concern for more migrants uh, coming to the border in the days leading up to the end of immigration restrictions linked to the pandemic referred to as Title 42. The administration is facing a lawsuit aimed at curtailing its ability to release migrants from custody even when facilities are over capacity. At one point last week, more than 27,000 migrants were in custody along the border, a number that may top 45,000 by the end of May if powers to, be, uh, to move more quickly release migrants from custody when facilities are over capacity are curtailed, said uh, Matthew Hudak, Deputy Border Chief, uh, Patrol Chief. So uh, I'm just really grateful for this judge put, putting a halt to this. However, uh, you know, the only solution is to just stop people coming in until the the, uh, U.S. Border Patrol can process these people. Uh, It needs to be addressed by a change of law for sure. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. 
Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a privilege to get to talk to you, Bob. Thank Uh, you. Thank you so much, Pastor Rick. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, the Florida Citizens Alliance is a simple idea. We are a grassroots group, and we try to be the voice of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles that care about their child's education. And we work to bring solutions to those problems and help them find the best educational opportunities for their kids. We work in the legislature trying to get them to change the things that are creating pain for parents at the local level. And we work at the local level trying to get school boards and parents to engage on solving their local problems. And we also work to give parents other solutions because the public school is not the only way for students to get a first-class education these days. Well, that's a, an understatement for sure. I mean, the work that you all are doing at the Florida <laughs> Citizens Alliance is just terrific. You've been a real force for the past decade on helping to improve public education here in Florida. I just really congratulate you and Keith for the great job that you're doing. Well, thank you. And and we we couldn't do it without the support of people like you and your listeners because you help us know what's going on and then you support us where we take initiatives. And And we have learned over time that it's really remarkable what parents can do when they put their mind to it and when they are determined to find the best things for their kids. And we just love supporting that. And the same thing is true for teachers and for students and for aunts and uncles. Everybody that cares can really move the needle and we're glad to be their representatives. Absolutely. GoFLCA is the website. GoFLCA.com is the website. I hope you check it out. GoFLCA.com. Well, you know, the legislation that has been passed here in this uh, session has just been amazing when it comes to public education. I thought it might be helpful for our listeners to understand what choices they might have going into the next school year because uh, it can be somewhat confusing. It can be, and we're trying to help people navigate that. There are still a lot of decisions to be made about the details, but the broad framework is pretty easy to understand and provides parents really better options than they've ever had in Florida. We, we sometimes hear people use the word transformative for one thing or another. This truly is a transformative step in the right direction for Florida. Yeah. So what the legislature did, and then the governor signed it into law, was created a system of education savings accounts for students. What that means is now for the first time in Florida, the money will follow the child. We are now funding children 
not systems. So parents have some choices. Now let's go to both ends of that extreme. If you're happy with the public schools and you don't want to change anything, you don't have to. Now we are convinced, and uh, make no apology for this, we are convinced that parents can teach their children better than the school systems. Mm -hmm. So people need to take a hard look at that. But if you're happy and you don't want to change, you can stay in the public schools. Nothing will be different for you. At the other end of the choice is home education. And if you've been teaching your children at home, you don't have to do anything differently. We kept that system in place as it has been in Florida, and people have loved it. At first, the legislature seemed intent on changing that. We like to think we had some of the influence that got them to leave home education as we've known it in Florida for years alone. So on both extremes, you're fine. Now, if you would like to enroll your child in a Florida private school, you now have the opportunity to apply for that scholarship, that education savings account, and you can then take that money and, and use it to enroll your child in the private school of your choice. It can be a religious school. Maybe your church has a school. Any school you choose that's qualified through the Department of Education, you can use that scholarship and put your child in, a, in, an, in an environment of your choosing. So that private school option is really significant. The other really interesting option that people need to pay attention to is what is called the Personalized Education Program, or PEP. That is a type of home education system that allows parents to do pretty much what homeschool, home education parents do now with one stipulation and one benefit. The benefit is it qualifies these families for an education savings account of approximately $7,500. The exact numbers have not yet been released, but that's the working number. So you qualify for the PEP program and you get that education savings account. With that money, you can purchase curriculum and other education related goods and services to support your child's education. And you do that at home. That money, once it's awarded, stays in your account until you spend it. You can spend it on education-related things, and they're still working on some of the definitions and details of that, but the idea is to give parents financial support in their education. The other good thing about that is you can accrue that money over time. So if in the first year you get the $7,500 and you only spend half of it, that rolls over. You don't lose it. It rolls over to the next year, and you can use it the next year, and you can continue to save money in that account up until about $24,000. So there, there's a possibility of considerable savings that could then be leveraged for some really significant education. So that's good. The downside is this. Every year, your student has to take a state-approved test at the end of the year. There are about 20 of them on the state list, and you have to choose one of those nationally normed tests. Some people don't like that very well, but they were unbending on that. They would not change that. So yeah. that's in a nutshell what's out there for parents, and they can take advantage of these opportunities. Uh, thank you, Pastor. It certainly simplifies the, uh, the choices and understanding the choices. One question is, uh, who, whose savings is it? In other words, does a, parent, does a parent take money out of his or her pocket, or how's, how's this funded? How's the savings account funded? I'm really glad you asked that. The $7,500 comes from the state to that account. So it's money that is now being spent on your child attending a public school will now be given to your child's education savings account. 
So in terms of cost to the state of Florida, it's a wash. It's not going to cost the state of Florida anymore, and your child has options. The other difficult part of it, and we don't know the answer to this yet, is exactly how will parents have access to that money? It appears at this point that it's going to be a reimbursement system, so the parent will have to spend the money and then apply for reimbursement. Hmm. That's a little bit awkward, I know, but it's the best we know at this point. Mm -hmm. Now, parents should... Right away, if you're interested in this stuff, right away, go to the Step Up for Students website. They are the scholarship funding organization and begin to pay attention to their announcements. Sign up if they have some notification things there. And I understand that they do so that you can be aware of the decisions that are being made and when the option to apply for some of these education savings accounts opens. So make sure parents go to that Step Up for Students site. That's the that's the key. That's the connection for parents to take advantage of these new opportunities. Step Up for Students, uh, what, is that the website? Yes, stepupforstudents.org. Stepupforstudents.org is the website. So, and uh, is, Are there some deadlines or some important dates coming up for, for taking advantage of the program? Yeah, there are. And it's not, uh, at this point, it's not um, clear when they're going to open up the, the opportunities for these kind of things. The law goes into effect July 1st, so, wow. and it's been signed, so we know it's going to happen. It's not a question of will it happen. We know it will. Mm-hmm. The, the problem they're having is all of the administrative details and setting up all that and getting all the decisions made at the Department of Education. But what's going to happen is while these opportunities are available to every Florida student, there are some caps because they're trying to monitor how the spending will go. And so you want to get in line to, to avoid the first year limitations in terms of numbers that they're going to fund. I don't think it's going to be a a significant problem. I don't think a lot of parents are going to know about this. But as parents do take advantage of it, other people are going to hear, and pretty quickly the word will, will spread. So if you're interested, you should get in line right away, find out what you need to do, pay attention to those deadlines, and on the day that application process opens, Make sure you get your information in. Yeah. We wouldn't want some administrative snafu to mess up your child. Well, you know, the devil's in the details. And the, the, this is just great yeah. for the for students in Florida because now every parent can have a say in exactly where they ch- want their child to be educated, what kind of education they will receive. And I think this is just, uh, again, the devil's in the details. That the, well, It'll all get worked out because the intent is to make sure that every child in Florida gets the best possible education along with the parents who get to make that decision. That's right. And if people find their heads spinning, let me just help you with that too. Because there's a great opportunity that we're trying to encourage people to consider that doesn't involve any of these deadlines or applications or, or will I qualify for the money or will I not? And one of the things we're really trying to encourage people to do, and they can do this on their own, is get together with other families and start a micro school. This is very doable under Florida law. It is very affordable. We can show people how amazingly affordable it is. And we want, we want to encourage people to, to investigate that opportunity because it's, it's just unbelievable what parents can do for their kids. Plus, and here's another side of it that people don't often think about. Sometimes teachers get, well, how should I say, tired of the public school environment because of what they are put through day in and day out. Well, teachers, under this micro school idea, teachers could be the catalyst for a new micro school, and they could 
set it up in a way that they could earn pretty much the same amount of money they are earning now. And under one scenario that we kind of worked out, they could work four days a week and still earn a living doing micro school in an environment that they create and with children that are there with their parents' support and eager to learn. So we think teachers, entrepreneurial teachers, ought to take a look at that and see what's possible. We'd like to help them do that as well. Wow, that is just terrific, Pastor Rick. So thank you very much for uh, for edifying us. Now, uh, I, the legislative session is over. What's keeping you busy right now? Well, there, there's always something to do, and I'm kind of amazed how that seems to be so true. But um, we are going out to a couple of events, and maybe we'd be seeing some of your listeners there, but we're going to be at the Florida Homeschool Convention, sponsored by the Florida Parent Educators Association, up at the Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando. starts on May 25th. So a lot of people who are interested in home education attend that conference, and we're going to be there trying to help them understand their options and introduce them to some great resources through our strategic partners that can help them with their students' education. So that's a great opportunity coming up. And then on June 6th, We'll be up in the villages at the Village View Community Church for an afternoon, early evening event. Starts at 2 p.m. and it's going to feature Kevin Sorbo, and one of our partners up there is helping us with this event. And a lot of people may recognize Kevin Sorbo's name as a TV star, and he has been one. He still is, and his wife Sam Sorbo is also going to be there. We just found that out recently, and they have been home educating their children for years. And so he's the keynote speaker up there, and we're going to be there with our team to support that event and to answer questions for parents and grandparents. And I can't really stress enough that grandparents can get involved and help their grandchildren find a better education. And sometimes parents get overwhelmed because they're busy with all of the stuff. Yeah. But grandparents can play a key role in that, so we want to encourage them to consider it as well. Yeah. You know, Pastor Rick, this has just been a lot of information. I know there's going to be a lot of clarification on your website, goflca.com, goflca.com. Pastor Rick, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, glad to do it, Bob. Thank you. My pleasure indeed. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. 
You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They get the politics and they know the policy. They prepare elected officials to have a winning strategy for legislation in the state and federal legislatures. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Well, multiple whistleblowers from within the FBI will testify today against the agency's leadership describing what they've characterized as abuses of power. The House Judiciary Select Committee, Subcommittee on Weaponization of the Federal Government is preparing to host suspended FBI agents Garrett O'Boyle and Steve Friend, uh, former FBI State Operations Specialist Marcus Allen and Tristan Levitt, president of the pro-whistleblower group in power oversight, are also slated to attend the hearing, according to a news release from the Judiciary Panel. <clears throat> the hearing organized by Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan will reportedly dig into accusations that the FBI has harassed conservatives and inflated domestic terrorism statistics. In the late development on Wednesday, the FBI moved to revoke the security clearances of these three agents, who either took part in the Capitol breach or later voiced views on its th- that it raised questions about their allegiance to the United States. Can you believe that? Retaliatory action against whistleblowers. Well, two of them are slated to testify today, Friend and Allen, and with the bureau letter about to be stripped clearances to congressional leaders coming just a day ahead of the, that hearing. The third man named in the letter was Brett Gloss. All three have been suspended by the FBI as the bureau reviews their cases. Uh, sources told the... Uh, uh, Daily Mail that the officials set to testify took specific issue with the agency's insistence they prioritize investigations against January 6th uh, capital breach demonstrators, even putting those ahead of cases involving sex crimes against children. So in other words, the direction from uh, the seventh floor is you've got to follow up on January 6th, folks, and don't worry about those sex crimes against kids. That's pretty much the message. Uh, Sources contend that it's just one example of the FBI's disregarding standard investigative procedures related to January 6th suspects. Some lawmakers and even high-profile politicians like former President Donald Trump have long maintained the Bureau's pursuit of Capitol riot participants has been reckless and deeply flawed. Recently, Trump went so far as to say he'd consider full pardons for for many of the January 6th participants. I mean full pardons with an apology to many, he has said. I will be looking very, very strongly about pardons, full pardons, said Trump. The manipulative case file practice creates false and misleading crime statistics constituting false official federal statements, one of those set to testify said on on Thursday. A friend who uh, wrote about the extreme uh, statistics in the affidavit, instead of hundreds of investigations stemming from an isolated incident at, on Cap- January 6th, FBI and uh, DOG officials 
point to significant increases in domestic violent extremism and terrorism around the United States. Unbelievable. Jordan's uh, uh, scheduling of the hearing comes after Republicans in the Judiciary Committee during the late uh, Congress released a 1,000-page report detailing allegations of FBI and Justice Department politicalization. That information eventually fueled Judiciary Subcommittee, which has notably hosted uh, Twitter Files reporter Matt Taibbi and uh, Mark Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger, uh, thus far. Many have alleged that the Biden administration pressed social media platforms like Twitter to silence the accounts of critics on the political right. Uh, Just this week, the relationship of the Durham report, or release of it, probing federal investigators' work on claims Trump 2016 presidential campaign colluded with Russia stirred more concerns about the FBI. The exhaustive report concluded the FBI had pursued the matter based on biased claims from Trump critics with little regard for rules of evidence, many Republican lawmakers have pointed to the report as further evidence that the Bureau has been weaponized against the right. Well, there's little question to my mind, but it's a good thing that they're using some sort of a process uh, to make sure they have the facts right. But uh, there's no question in my mind that the FBI has been politicized, as has the Department of Justice. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting... Uh, with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Mayor Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and we're hurtling in the wrong direction. <laughs> well, the government is, but you're still trying to go in the right direction, and we appreciate your efforts. So you wrote That's a piece, right. which is really great, that too big to fail uh, to, oh, to only we need three or four banks in 13 years. Uh, incredible. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, it's just, uh, to me, this just epitomizes how in the thrall of big business, big government is. Yeah. Um, you know, this is Mussolini's definition of fascism. This is technically the, the technical definition of fascism. Another, you know, the Antifa movement, of course, is a big lie. The Antifa for fascism. This is when big business and big government merge. And we see it all over the place. The Twitter files shows big tech, certainly, you know, Twitter, but we know it's, it's not just Twitter. It's Facebook and, right. and, and Google and all these other companies working with the government to achieve common goals. And the common goals are the big government wants to censor conservatives and big tech wants favorable government policy. And that's why you see the zombie policy of net neutrality around 15 years after it was created even though it makes no sense, and, and it never made any sense. It doesn't, certainly, in today's modern world. Right. Um, you see Section 230 won't go away, even though it's the biggest form of cronyism in the history of cronyism, and it won't be affected because big tech bribes both sides um, to ensure that it won't. And so that's fascism in the tech sector. And now, of course, the big bank sector goes back to way back before this, I like to pick it up with Dodd-Frank because in 2010, when they, when they actually signed Dodd-Frank into law, that, was, that, that law was supposed to address too big to fail, but it was written by the big banks. Yeah. So why would they curtail their own growth? It doesn't make any sense. Now, of course, they won't admit that it was written by big, big banks, but the results clearly demonstrate that it was. Yeah. Because it killed thousands of small banks. And made big banks 30% bigger because they got to come in and pick the bones of the dead small banks and, and take their market share. Right. So th- that was the mantra on both sides of the aisle. We've got to address these two big-to-fail banks. We've got we've to shrink the, you know, we've got to do something about these two big-to-fail banks. And, of course, the definition of too big-to-fail was so big we had to bail them out. Yeah. And, of course, they don't mind bailing them out because that's part of the fascist cronyism we're talking about. Well... 13 years later, I'm watching CNBC, the, the alleged financial news on alleged news NBC, and I'm in the shower, so I can't remember. I think it may have been Andrew Ross Sorkin, the host, that said it, or Aaron Ross Sorkin, sorry. Uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin. I get him and Aaron Sorkin, the Hollywood writer, mixed up. I like Aaron better. But anyway, um, Andrew Ross Sorkin, I think, or the guest, who was a big investor, and of course, all the guests on CNBC are either big investors or representatives of the big companies they're investing in. I mean, it's a right. total circle in a hot and a circle in a hot tub, you know. Yeah. Um, and somebody said, 
Well, maybe we only maybe we don't need these regional banks. Maybe we only need three or four big banks, two or three big banks. And I'm in the shower going, wait a minute, what? <laughs> We're now publicly, openly saying this now? That, yeah. You know, 13 years after we have to address too big to fail, we're now saying we only need yeah. two big governments, um, two big banks. That's that's where we've gotten in 13 years, and, and apparently it is. Yeah. Seton, it's it's just incredible. I mean, this it's just kind of the single-payer system. Oh, and by the way, I just just so this, this wasn't a one-off, I, of course, searched the web and found multiple instances recently. Uh-huh. In fact, the oldest one was 2010. Go, where someone said we need much more bank consolidation, and of course it was from studies funded by big banks. Of course, uh, we need fewer banks. Well, you know that this this administration what it wants is a, a marriage between uh, big business and government in order to uh, achieve its objectives. What that would mean is putting small businesses, little little businesses out of business, uh, little banks out of business. In what other do you words, think the COVID lockdown was about? That's exactly right, Seton. I mean, it's, the, it's so obvious and so clear that this is the objective of this administration, which, you know, we just another reason why we need to have a change of administrations and get uh, Trump back. Well, I'm concerned because I wrote about this on Monday, I think, of the unelected wings of government that are obviously unconstitutional because the Constitution calls for three three players, so three players only, executive, legislative, and judicial. Right. We've got these quote-unquote independent agencies, one of whom, by the way, was created by, one of the biggest, was created by Dodd-Frank, the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which, by the way, spends all its time going after small banks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the big banks it's supposed to address. And beyond that, it, it, um, and they fund themselves with their own taxes that they control, which is unconstitutional, too, because Congress has the sole power of the purse. But anyway, you have those independent agencies that are an ex, you know, extra-constitutional wing of government, and then you have the bureaucratic state. And as we saw under the Trump administration, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. The deep state runs the show. Right. Because now we know with the Durham report that multiple agencies that allegedly Trump was the you know boss of, he's the CEO of the executive branch, and these agencies were actively working against the boss. Right. Because they don't, they're not, you know, this is why the independent agencies are, are awful because we, they, the Congress has outsourced their responsibility and their accountability to these unelected agencies. Likewise, with these bureaucracies, what are we going to do? Vote Christopher Ray out? We can't. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I mean, unless you downsize dramatically and purge all the leadership of these agencies, I, 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 I think it was. For, there was a report several years ago that said there were 456 agencies in the in the executive branch. Yeah, you're aware that the Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene has now filed impeachment uh, papers uh, against Christopher Ray. Why don't they, stop shooting at the tentacles? Shoot at the head. Yeah, no. Well, and Biden needs to go impeach Biden. Yes, for sure. But I mean, I think that this is a. It's just great. She's got a list of four or five people that now Mayorkas has got, got uh, impeachment indictment against yeah, and, him. And, and is she getting? And, and what is she? The, the GOP establishment says she's a crazy lady, and they won't do any business with her. Well, well, let's see. Hopefully, uh, 
we can support her efforts. But at least it's oh, something. I, I, listen, I, I, she, she, she doesn't do everything the way I would do it, but her heart is in the right place and her aim is in the right place. Right. And that's why the GOP establishment isn't supporting her. I, I, I'm well, 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 it's 90-10. I'm on her side, not there. Absolutely. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, Barnett that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round, Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You may be aware that uh, Lulubee's Diner is serving great breakfasts and lunch at the uh, in the Green Trees Shopping Center. And it's just a terrific place. Well, now they're serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. And I just encourage you, you want a, a very casual place to enjoy a great meal. Uh, Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Wednesday to Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. We have with us Mayor Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples, and now a, a wonderful model citizen right here on the Paradise Coast. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Bob. I, I appreciate those kind words. And uh, uh, while you were looking for words there, you could say... Um, uh, chairman of the board of the Shelter for Abused Women and Children, so it keeps me pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, I should I should mention that what a great organization too, uh, uh, doing so much to help uh, people here on the Paradise. Women, men, uh, children who are at risk, uh, doing great work. Yeah. 
Thank you. Um, but I didn't want you to think that I was just sitting around on the uh, out on the lawn in a lawn chair or uh, <laughs> down at the beach. So, um, but uh, not a bad thought. So, listen, I wanted to tell you, I got I got an email this week. I did a lot of other people, and I, I don't have time to read the whole thing. I want to give you a couple of a couple of uh, uh, segments from it and, and tell you they're at it again. This they're starting a little bit early, and I say that about uh, the. 2024 election in the city already huh. and this gentleman i i use that term loosely who sends this is the one who puts all the paraphernalia together and sends out all the things to the uh the residents be they true or not most likely not it starts off by saying make no mistake we know how to do it the residents are behind us again we are we ready and fired up and the teams of residents are working on plans to do it again in March of 2024. We'll need the support of all Naples residents to prevent the return of the, uh, uh, quote, old guard and their high-density developers. We have to keep them at bay. And it says, thank you, Peter. Well, Peter is Peter Gow, G-O-U-G-H, um, who's the one that puts all this together. But so he, he, he went on to say... Um, about uh, the, the Beach Club Hotel, uh, such permits as the new hotel on 3rd Street South approved by the prior council violates every ordinance on the books, height, setbacks, parking provisions, etc. yet it was approved. Check the votes on the city website. Similarly, they approved the Naples Beach Club development without eternity protection for the open space golf course. Um, the sophisticated, expensive, slick PowerPoint presentations and legions of expensive attorneys simply bowled over the old, largely unqualified city council. I think he's talking about me. <laughs> and they unashamedly voted for density. Naples residents are going to drive this win home again in March of 2024. Then they go on. Um, uh, this is the classic right here, Bob. Please vote for Teresa Heitman, Mike McCabe, Ted Blankenship, and Paul Perry to preserve with their efforts to, to pre... I, I don't know... Um, is to preserve pre with their ever efforts on the preserve Naples team. Uh, I think he has a misspell in there. Um, encourage your neighbors to vote in person or by mail, please. It's especially important is that we get the mail-in votes of our seasonal residents. Bob, they haven't even announced. Nobody's announced yet, huh. and they're already <laughs> starting with the uh, with the uh, uh, you know the, the the lies, the paraphernalia, the, the untruths. Um, and, and they got to go back to 2020 in the middle of the pandemic when, when Hyman was elected and say how bad we were as a prior council. So, it, you know, it's like um, yeah, yeah, Naples didn't turn out for that vote, obviously. But um, so here we go again. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't know where he's getting his information and, and his positions on well, this. To me, I think the development in Naples has been superb. Uh, do you know, were, were there, uh, just as a matter of fact, uh, were there lots of exceptions with regard to permitting and so forth with regard to the Beach Hotel or the... Uh, no. Yeah. That, that no, makes... of course not. And most of the things he says, you know, this, this drives the old Naples group. Uh, I think he writes their, their, uh, their things for them. Um, uh, but I, I just, I looked at this and it, it was, it went around, um, to quite a few groups and people, and um, everything is bad mouthing everything. And then, but the the key is you vote for Teresa Heidman. Well, first of all, 
Teresa Heitman, to my knowledge, hasn't made hasn't said she's running or not running. Uh, Mike McCabe uh, hasn't said anything. Ted Blankenship hasn't said anything. Paul Perry hasn't said anything. And um, where does he come up with? Uh, and and then he's letting them. It sounds to me like if I got this today and didn't realize, I'd be looking for a ballot or something if I was going to vote. Yeah. Well, they're not even close to it. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe he just announced for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know what, Bob? You, you probably, you got it. I'll tell you something. He's just a, a bitter guy, and uh, he has put out uh, some bad stuff on a lot of people that is just, just not true. It reminds me of somebody that I, I served on council with. I won't mention any names many years ago. But out of a hundred, every hundred words, um, seventy of them might have been true, and thirty of them might have been total, would have been totally false. The problem is, if you had to figure out which is which, you yeah. heard that story before, right? So that's what this guy does. Uh, he puts once in a while, he'll put a sentence of truth in there, and the rest is just uh, uh, baloney. That's the only way I can keep it clean. Um, so, but here we go again, and here we're just in. We're just in May. People are leaving, and I think maybe he wanted to get a shot in before the majority of them went. But it was on an email, and um, so I'll keep you in the loop when we get these things, and uh, we'll follow this right through. Uh, well, I'm, I must say uh, he he's effective, or whoever this uh, group yeah. is, is effective because they actually. I mean, I hope if Teresa Heitman decides to run, she'll take a course on how to run a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> she'll have some competition. I'm 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 sincerely hoping that Gary Price uh, throws his hat in the ring for mayor. He would be a terrific mayor, and um, uh, there's you know there there might be some others, some others, and and city council is the big thing. Yeah. Need to need to have some fresh blood in there. So we'll see and we'll follow it. But that was I just found that so um, uh, unprofessional. And uh, but it's the way that they work. And that's, you know, is, is there is their name of this group or, do, or they call themselves something? Yeah, um, they they were. And I, I don't have it right here because I took a piece of it. It was I think it's citizens to preserve Naples. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They've been around. They've been around, and uh, that's what they use. I, I will find it for you. I have it on the email somewhere, and tell you. But yeah, he sends it to these people, and um, uh, they you know um, encourage your neighbors to vote in person or by mail, please. I, I, what are you going to vote on? Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing to vote on. Oh, Bill so, Barnett. How about you? What's going on with you? Good things, Bill. Good things. Uh, we'll go out to go out and uh, play some golf again today. So looking forward to that. Good. It's been beautiful good. weather, Bill. I just really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, I sure sure appreciate being on, and you have yourself a good golf game and a great rest of the week. You as well. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests tomorrow, including. Uh, William Yateman, he is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Uh, Phil Kirpin is the president of, uh, my goodness, I don't have the name of the organization here in front of me, but uh, American Commitment is the name of the organization, and it is terrific. I look forward, always enjoy having Phil on the show. Dr. Bob McClure is the president and CEO of the James Madison Institute, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. 